Good morning. Greet you in Jesus' name. Can one of the children tell me what today is? Well, the adults tell me what today is. How many look at their church calendar this morning? Parents' Day, Parents day yes. <laughs> today is Parents' Day. I look at that and I always keep who's supposed to preach, you know, right by the Sunday, and of course I look at that. Today's Parents' Day, and I'm thinking, uh, well, we have Father's Day and we have Mother's Day, and so we buy cards for them, and evidently somebody thought maybe we should buy some more cards, so we make Parents' Day, you know, so everybody sends a card to their parents. Somebody makes another couple million. <clears throat> so what do you talk about? I mean, if you already covered Father's Day, you already covered Mother's Day, and it's like, so you say the same thing over? So I'm thinking, well, maybe I should check out what this is supposed to be all about anyhow. So I looked it up. It is not a two parents. It's about parents. Parents Day promotes the message that the role of the parent is important in human development, which requires investment, focus, and commitment. So this day is to be a day addressed to the parents. And our very important job of being the kind of parents that God wants us to be. Encouragement to be them. What God wants us to be. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking <clears throat> you know I look around and you know I see how people raise their children and you can get a clue sometimes and, oh, that's really great you know and maybe sometimes a little less than great and you know there's times where family members you know from a family will come to Bible school and then the next child will come to Bible school and the next child will come to Bible school and the next child will come to Bible school and the next child will come to Bible school and I say I would love to meet those parents has to be an outstanding parents. Now I thought about Adam and Eve. <laughs> no. What would it be like to try to raise your family without the Bible? What would it be like to try to raise your family without being able to observe anybody else? What would it be like? If you didn't have information like this, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest, yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. With no, withhold not correction from the child, if thou beest him with the rod, he shall not die. Neither being 
as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. If you want to turn to Deuteronomy 6, I'll just read that tremendous passage of Scripture. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you go to possess it. So now these are the commandments. If thou fearest the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord thy God, Lord God of thy fathers, hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates. And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou hast been eaten and art full, then beware that thou forget, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Jesus from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and thou shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods or gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and his testimonies, and the statutes which he hath commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware to thy fathers, to cast them, to cast out all thy enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asked thee in time to come, saying, What meanest these, the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? And thou shalt say unto thy son, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in, and to give us a land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is to this day. And it is shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all the commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. That's a tremendous passage of scripture. It gives me impression that you have parents that are walking the ways of God and then little Mary or Junior or whoever comes along and says, it's like, what's this all about? And dad or mom says, man, way back there, I, you know, we were slaves and we were, oh, we were in bad shape and, you know, and we were persecuted and we were hounded and we were beaten and we were this, and God has amazingly brought us out. I mean, it's just, it was unbelievable what all happened. And the enthusiasm and the power of that testimony to the children. Sometimes I worry about whether somebody's going to steal my thunder, so to speak. But, no, it's God's thunder anyhow. 
I, I was so blessed. I was so blessed. From the beginning of the service and the Sunday school devotion and the Sunday school and and maybe I maybe God can just tag a little bit more on the end here. I mean it's like we covered all this, but that's okay. We'll just we'll go through it again. And all the all, all the, the the verses that that God has given us and 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 in as parents and and we and we do the best that God but best that we can for God and then we hit a snag and maybe things aren't going the way we would like and we all have that as parents occasionally here and there and then he gives us verses like this do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given unto you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight trust in the Lord forever for the Lord the Lord himself is the rock eternal God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble therefore we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging so do not fear for I am with you do not be dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. What a blessing to be able to by the power of God be the parents that we should be with those kind of verses to encourage us investment I looked at the word investment so investment there's an opportunity whatever it may be and you can look at that opportunity and you say you know what I'm going to I am going to put my hard earned effort in that particular thing so usually it's cash money we think of that but cash money is hard earned sweat you ever hear of sweat equity Somebody buys an old junker house, and a uh, young couple, and they're all enthused and got a lot of energy, and, and they buy this old house, and our house, first house, was in disaster. It was nice and square, and it was small. I mean, it was growed up, and it was weedy, and it was, oh, I mean, you talk about deferred maintenance. I mean, it was deferred maintenance to the max. And you dump that 
effort into there and uh you know but then there's other times you you work and you get the cash well you you invest it and and the, and the goal is to get something more than what you have something is more valuable than what you have presently so the question i have this morning what are we as parents attempting to invest in our children? Okay, when we invest, we transfer energy, so to speak, in one form or the other, into something else. So, what kind of energy, what form of energy am I investing in my children? What would you like to transfer from your life into your children's life? You see, if, if, if I go along through life and I say, well, I was never making an investment because I don't want any risk in day and I'm just like, I just sit forever. And I, I won't, I, you know, I'll never buy a car. I'll just always rent a car. And I'll, I'll never buy a house. I'll always rent a house. And, you know, I just don't want any risk. You know, I just want any risk. And so, so I just go through life like that and I just like try to get the easy way out. Do I know what I want to invest? What am I attempting to invest? What would you say in one word? Now, let's open this up if you want to say something. What would you say in one word? And this is not all inclusive of everything you're trying to say. What, what, what in one word, what would you say we should be trying to invest into our children? What comes to your mind? Pardon? Kindness. Kindness. Godliness. Godliness. Faithfulness. All right. <coughs> Faithfulness. My mind went to integrity. So, the, the word investment in archaic terms, all right, which was, I'm old, but I'm saying older than me, all right, so I might be, think I'm, so I went to Webster's 18 something or the other. That word meant to wrap around, all right. Vestment. You know what a vestment is? It's the coat you put on. It's the clothes you put on this morning. You wrapped yourself around. You invested yourself with clothes. So, what do I have that I want to wrap my children with? You see, our children come into this world totally innocent, all right? Job said, naked I came, and naked I'm going to go, whatever. And so they, they, they come totally innocent, and, and by the way, with a fallen nature, all right? So we have these babies born in our family, and they just, you know, and it's just like sweet as sweet egg. I mean, just like sweet as pie. I mean, it's like, okay, I know, just forgive me a little bit here, all right? So, 
you know, and and they just, you know, and we get these pictures, and and it's just like thrills grandpa and grandma's heart. However, sweet they may be, they were born with a fallen nature. Something must be done about that. Those clothes aren't going to fall off. There needs to be an unwrapping and a wrapping. And that's a long process. It's not an easy process. Tremendously, uh, I'll use the word scary process. (laughs) So how did you... uh, mom feel, dad feel when you held your first child I tell you what the light came on for me this is not just fun and games there is incredible responsibility that God has handed to us So what am I doing to unwrap the evil they were born with and wrap them with protection of godliness? Now I know, you know, that parents can't make a decision for their children when it comes to living for Christ. Now, it's a time where they make that personal decision. But there's a process of teaching them when you're up, when you're down, when you're walking around. And, and you know, it's not like, okay, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And it's like, so, so you're, you're, say, out around the campfire, and it's like, isn't God amazing? I mean, you just look up. That's incredible. Mark talked about the Grand Canyon. As much as I enjoyed the Grand Canyon, I stood there frustrated because I had visual overload. I simply could not take it in. And, and it's like I look here and I'm looking here. And I said, okay, so now I've got to preserve this somehow. So I get my camera and I look and it's like, that is pathetic. So I said, well, that's not going to work. So I put on movie mode, all right? I put on movie mode and push the button, and it's like, okay, so we're going to just scan this slowly. All right. But it's not just the wonders of nature. It's the wonders of God himself. Isn't God God amazing that when we stopped in our driveway to take this long trip and we prayed that God would keep us safe and we drove 1,200 miles, 1,500 miles and no person, vehicle, or anything else attempted to violate this 18 by 7 by 6 cubicle that we sat in. Isn't God amazing? And that cubicle wasn't just sitting still. That cubicle was going 70 miles an hour.
See, we as parents, we as couples, are continually investing something into our children. So Paris Day, we look at this joint effort between dad and mom. And just think soberly about and joyfully about the potential that God has given to us and the sobering responsibility that how I and my wife live directly impacts how our children live. So I need to I need to be cultivating in my life what I want to see in their lives. So where do I start then? So what's God telling me as an individual about my life? What is he teaching me today? You see, if I'm not open to God, then my life is not going to reflect the character of God. But if I do open myself to God, and I'm growing spiritually, then that becomes automatically an investment into my family. But first of all, into my marriage. So I need to invest in a relationship with God and I need to invest in my spouse. Especially us men. You see, it goes both ways, though. I believe that one of the reasons God made marriage and this parent thing of two people going for this together by the grace of God is because he knew that one day I'm going to be weak and my spouse is there to help me when I'm weak. He knows that someday my spouse is going to be weak. And he expects me to be there when she's weak. That may be one day. That may be a month. That may be three years. For me, it was three years. Mentally and emotionally fragile, on the edge. And my dear wife stuck to me like a cockleburr. Those were not necessarily in my personal observation happy years for me it was tough I mean seriously tough but then there came a time in my wife's life when things change I think you know what I mean a point in life where 
things change. And she needed me for three years. If I had to do it over, I would try harder. I would have, I would have tried harder in those three years when she needed me than what I actually did. I tried, but I would have tried harder. You see, if I invest the fruit of the Spirit into my spouse, doesn't matter which way it goes, short-term, long-term, that will profoundly impact our children. But if I invest Anger and bitterness, harshness, resentment toward my wife or my spouse, either way, that's an investment too. There's something about, there's something about dad coming to mom's rescue, mom coming to dad's rescue. There's something about that security that a child will observe. Tremendous power. They know just as well as you do and I do when our spouses are weak. And they know just as well what the other is going to do about it. The potential and the power for good that they see dad and mom exercising between themselves is an incredible power. Incredible stabilizing effect. They see their parents truly loving and respecting each other. Because true Christian character validates everything that we tell them. And we're supposed to teach them when we get up, when we sit down, and when we eat, and we do all this stuff, and and pray with them when they go to before they go to bed, and all those things. But it's in the tough times. They say Christianity is real. So bless your home with, and bless your children with a healthy, happy marriage. It takes focus. You see, God wants to bless our homes and make them more beautiful than anything else in this world. I would conclude the church there. But it takes focus. God is delighted to empower us to cultivate a relationship with our spouse like Christ did with the church. But it takes focus. God is pleased when we make our families one of our highest priorities. But it takes focus. God is blessed when we show our children unwavering faith in time of difficulty, in the valleys of life. But it takes focus. God is encouraged when we turn our back on evil and embrace righteousness. But it takes focus. Constant focus. 
our children need to observe parents who know whom they have believed and are convinced that God is able to keep them unto the day of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a tremendous challenge that we as parents have. Opportunity. Parents that aren't dabbling around at the edge, seeing how much they can get by with. Parents that have turned their back on the world and the allurements of it. Which leads us to point number three, which is commitment. Turn with me in your hymns of the church to number 499. The black section. Took my wife to the airport Tuesday morning, and so I'm on the way home, and there's nobody to talk to, and so I shoved this CD in the in the player. And it was Hymns of the Church, I think it was the first volume they put out, and this song came on. Now, I'm a little strange, all right? Just bear with me. But if a song impacts me, I'll just put it on repeat, and I'll just... I'm serious. For a whole hour. You think, well, you got problems. Maybe I do have problems. But I find that uh, that's a good problem. All right? The words of a song, we sing them once. And I'm telling you what, you don't get the impact of words of a song first time around. I don't know if you know that or not. You let it play for about a half an hour. And every time they go through it, you're going to hear something else. Because it's God's truth. All right? I understand it's not scripture, but it's God's truth. And by the time about half an hour was up, I was so pumped up about, and, and ashamed about how can you be at the same time? I don't know. It's like, maybe I am strange. All right? So it's just like, why, why do I think? Why do I think that, you know, everything's going down the tubes? All right? Why do I think that? On the other hand, it's like, why don't I get a hold of this thing? Then, I mean, we're on the winning side. All right? And, and we're, we're, this is, this, this is all going to work out. All right? It, it, it's tough. All right? It is, it, it is conflict to the max. All right, and 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 things aren't going to be exactly the way I want them to be. But but all right, it's it's I'm on the Lord's side, and I, that's just how it's going to be, and I'm not going to back off. Who's on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King? Now just. And I'm thinking about this, this uh, I'm thinking about marriages and homes and godliness and impacting our children for Christ and, 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 and just think about this song in that perspective this morning. Who's on the Lord's side? Who will serve the king? Who will be his helpers, your children to bring? Who will leave the world's side? Who is going to face the foe? Who's on the Lord's side? Who is going to go? By your call of mercy and by your empowering grace, we are on the Lord's side, Savior. We are yours. God's looking for people who are dedicated to bring others to Jesus Christ. He's looking for people who will change ranks. Alright, we've got this group on one side fighting for the devil. we got this group on this side fighting for, for God. And who's going to come off of this side onto this side? 
Are you willing to do it? Are you going to turn your back on that garbage? Are you committed? Am I willing to fight the things that I used to love? Do I realize it's only by the mercy of God that I was, that I am by His grace able to move from here to here? By His grace and by His power to have that incredible privilege to be part of the family of God, the church of Jesus Christ, bought with His own blood. Have I defined those lines? Do I know where I'm at? Verse 2. Not for weight of glory. Not making me look good. Not for crown or palm. Enter we the army. Raise the warrior's song. But for a love that claimeth lives for whom he died, which is our children. He whom the Lord nameth must be on that side. By your love constraining and by your grace divine, we are on the Lord's side, Savior. We are thine. We are committed ourselves. To fight the fight of faith, not because of making me look good, not because it's going to put a crown on my head. Oh, no, 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 no. We just don't worry about that. That's the least of our concerns. Who gets the glory? If some other person gets the glory, fine. God gets the glory, fine. I don't have to worry about it. Love for whom Christ died. Constraining. That word constraining means urging with irresistible or power, powerful force. Compelling. The grace of God drives us. The love of God constrains us, motivates us. Empowers us. Verse 3, Jesus, thou hast bought us, not with gold or gem, but with thine own lifeblood, for thy diadem. Now here's where the crown comes in. Okay? With thy blessing filling each who comes to thee. Alright? We come to God, He is more than willing to, to bless us. Thou hast made us willing. Not, no, no, no. No, I cringe from that. But God has made us willing, and in that willingness, He frees us. Now, how do you figure that out? I'm in the warrior. I'm in the fight. I've signed up, and I'm free. Oh, yeah. Makes all sense in the world, don't you? If you don't, if you don't, if you don't appreciate the freedom over here, just go over here for a while. By thy grand redemption and by thy grace divine, we are on the Lord's side, Savior. We are thine. No money transcribed. We haven't been redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained from before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. God is blessing, God is filling, and He's making us free. Fierce may be the conflict. 
Strong may be the foe. But with a king's own army, none can overflow. Round his standard, lazying, raging, victory is secure. For his truth unchanging makes the triumph sure. Joyfully enlisting, by thy grace divine, we are on the Lord's side, Savior, we are thine. we got the conflict fierce. We've got it raging. The foe is strong. The kingdom of God, it says, is standing sure based on the standard of the truth. Folks, there's a battle going on. There's a battle for your life. There's a battle for my life. There's a battle for every single one of your children and my children. Let's never forget it. I don't think I've ever said this before. And I... I will this morning. I only ever had one vision in my life. Only one. I've had lots of dreams that went from ridiculous to most of them are. I mean, you know, your dreams are just silly. They don't make any sense. And everything you're trying to do don't work out. And whatever. But I had one vision. When I... When it was over, I said, that is not a dream by no stretch of imagination. That is a vision direct from God to Dennis Martin. That's a vision that I was at my folks' place in Maryland. We were in a house, and there's a little road that wound around by the house, and like was, I don't know, four dog legs in a row there. It just it kind of snake through our anyhow I looked out the window and these choppers you know what a chopper is it's nothing to do with lettuce alright it's these I have to explain maybe for the younger set it's these motorcycles with the wheel way out the front alright in the 60s and 70s Hells, An- Hell's Angels and all the these extremely ungodly people leather jackets, long hair into crime into murder, into whatever just totally outlaws well you had the outlaws too and you had the hell's angels and then all these guys they drove these motorcycles with the wheel way out the front and they were called a chopper So, is that what they call them now? I don't know that's what they called them back then and these beings on these choppers would ride by and it was a person with a wolf's head terrifying they were having some kind of a meeting up the road and they kept going by this way and this way and these these terrifying beatings with human bodies with wolf heads would come by, and, I, and, I, and I'm just terrified at this. I mean, it's like, this, this can't be. I'm here, and, and my family's here, and, and, and I'm all tense about this. And we're sitting in the living room that evening, and here one of these characters walks in the back door, through the kitchen, through the living room, and out the front door. Now, wait a minute. I'm in here, my children in here. They're not out there anymore. It's like, what do I do as a dad? I'm so vulnerable. What, what, you know, it's just terrifying. And the next day I'm outside and I hear my six year old daughter screaming, we say, bloody murder. I mean, at the top of her lungs, out behind the barn. Of course, I'm tense already. I I, I got this on my mind. What am I going to do about this? And I round the corner 
of the barn, and there's an offset in the barn. And this being with a person's body and a wolf's head has my daughter in the corner. And she is screaming at the top of her lungs. And I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't matter. I don't care what this being is. I don't care who it is. I don't care anything. I am going to take it out. And I looked around, and it was a four-foot piece of two-by-four. And I grabbed this two-by-four, and I lifted it up, and I'm ready to come down on top of this being. And it was a voice from heaven said, Dennis, no. You can't do it. Only I can. And I woke up with just, it's like I was in an ocean. The waves, chills coming off the top of my head and off the bottom of my feet. I never forgot it. That was a vision from God to Dennis Martin. Dennis, if you ever think that Satan has got one of your children cornered, don't ever entertain the idea that you are going to bail him out by yourself. You can't get a two-by-four big enough. There is raging around the standard of truth. I'm not here to terrify anybody this morning. But brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. We are not in a game when it comes to us and our spouse and we relating to our children. It's not fun and games. But we joyfully enlist. We joyfully enlist. That is where I want to be. You know why? You don't have a running chance any other place. You've lost before you've started. And so, yes, God, I'm here. Count me in. I want to be, without hesitation, your prized possession. Presenting myself, my spouse, my children, my church, unreservedly into the hand of God.